Welcome to the Hard Water Fishing Show. Jeff and Jason talk tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We are alive. Hardwater Fishing Show, Season 5, Episode 5. It is the first week of December 2021. And Jason, we have an awesome topic this week. I'm so excited. I can barely I am really myself. excited. Oh my gosh. Woo! You might say I'm flipping out. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> wow. All right. So we are going to talk about foreshadowing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to talk about buying a used portable ice shack. You know, you don't always have to have a huge budget. I mean, um, you can go and find a $1,000 portable ice shack if you want. But using some of the uh, boards out there on the internet, you can find some great deals that are going to get you on the ice, keep you warm for a lot less. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm excited for this topic. And, and uh, I have all sorts of thoughts in my head that you're just coming soon to, to a podcast near you. <laughs> or this one. <laughs> All right, Jay. Uh, what are you What are you drinking tonight? I am still on America's beer, <laughs> Old Milwaukee, because I bought a case of this stuff for the last pod last time we we recorded. I don't have it in me to drink a case of Old Mill in a week. <laughs> All right. Well, so we're gonna we let are. this slide. This is gonna slide for one week, but. If I but drank next a whole week, case there'd be a lot of sliding going on. <laughs> yeah. Next week, you, you got to come with a new I, one. Okay, okay. All right, here we go. I do like me some old mill. It has a nice effervescent smell that comes out of the top of it. Effervescence, I like it. You're going to write your own beer cans for Old Milwaukee. <laughs> They're going to be like, call Jason. He's got call a story for the Old Mill. I'll rep know? for Old Mill. Heck yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm wondering if I've had this beer on the podcast before. This is from Castle Danger Brewery. And I know I've had Castle Danger on here before. Yeah, yeah, you have. Um, which is in Two Harbors. Uh, I've been there. It's a cool place. Um, this is a George Hunter Stout. George Hunter Stout is brewed in honor of our brewer and founder, great-great-grandfather, George Hunter, was yeah, you, an Irish... Yeah, we've done this one, right? Yeah, you've yeah, done yeah. it. But read on, read on. Okay. Irish immigrant who owned and operated the Iron Range Brewing Company in Tower, Minnesota, up until Prohibition. George Hunter Stout is an American stout with... Flavors of aromas of molasses, licorice, maple, coffee, chocolate, and cream. It is a big, roasty, full-bodied brew that will stand up to a Minnesota winter. And it has a word, salante, maybe? I don't know. S-L-A-I-N-T-E? Is that like cheers in some other language? I don't know. All right, so we're going to crack this open. And then I have a little bit more of a story to go with this. This is a good beer. And it's even better because it was free. Free beer is good. Most Castle of the time. Cream, Castle Danger is really, really uh, popular. You can find it in a lot of liquor stores and stuff around here. My sister-in-law came to Thanksgiving and uh-huh. she's like, I asked as a gift for Castle Cream Ale and somebody brought me George Hunter Stout instead. And I don't like that. So would you drink that for me? It's quite a first world problem, isn't it? I mean, I, so I, I said, of course I will do that. I will take care Gosh, of that for you. I, I will sacrifice. You, you owe me one, but I suppose. 
Because I didn't even buy, I should have bought her like another Castle Cream or something, but I, I yeah. didn't have any. So for hosting Thanksgiving, we got a George Hunter Stout. It's very, very nice. good. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Everything going mm-hmm. well for you? Very good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was very good. We smoked a turkey with your expert you know, help and put one in the roaster too. So we had both two 12-pounders. Had a backup because I was not trusted to smoke the turkey, so we had a backup turkey You're still, just in case. You still got the training. Yeah, it's, I've only used that thing. I think that might have been the third time it's been fired up. So I completely understand why you'd do a backup turkey. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. Otherwise, holy cow! So, holy so did you have a good uh, Thanksgiving, Jay? We did. We did a bunch of bird hunting and saw all the the family, and and so we had a really nice time. Dog cool. didn't even want to get up this morning. Usually I open his kennel at you know at six o'clock and he's ready to get out and go. And this morning he just looked at me and then closed his eyes. <laughs> you wore <laughs> like, get your out. butt out here. If I got to get up, you got to get up. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. No, Thanksgiving yeah, was great. Um, yeah, we had a pretty small group, um, and it was it was a great time. Very cool. S- still eating turkey, even though the USDA or somebody says don't eat it after four days. I'm still eating it. Oh, you're good. You just got to keep reheating it a little hotter. More time in the microwave each time. <laughs> Those All electrons right. will kill it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Back at the ranch. All right. So patrons, um, just want to say a big shout out to our patrons. Thank you for supporting the show. You really help us pay for our hosting costs and, and some of the costs of the show to produce it. So um, thank you very much for your support. Um, show business. So this week, our website was a little bit on the fritz. Some of the links weren't working and stuff. It is fixed now, all set to go. Um, All the podcasts and everything was downloading right. It was just the website. So um, that has been fixed. I I know we had all of our, our whole entire Hardwater Fishing Show tech team was dedicated to getting that fixed. Worked overtime. It did. Um, And there's a little new look to it too. It's the same website. It's just um, upgraded style and stuff, but all the content's the same. Nothing changed other than some colors and um, I think Jason's a little more featured on the front page than he was before. So, good lord, it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last thing we need. Amazon affiliate link. Remember, we have a link. It's on our hardwatershow.com page. You can click on that and help support the show when you buy stuff. We get a little bit back and helps pay for stuff. Redbubble is back open again. You can order things. Um, they had a deal. I don't know if it's still going on, but you know there's a discount or something that they run every now and then. So you could actually get a t-shirt shipped for like 20 bucks, which isn't cool. too bad. So best places to interact with us on social media is Instagram and Facebook. And you can, of course, find our website, hardwatershow.com. We have a YouTube page, Jason. Have you been to YouTube lately? No, I, ha- I haven't. I uh, Well, I have. I watched um, another episode of the Off-Road Recovery Show where they went way in and got the one Al's or Ed's oh, old sweet. truck. Yeah, that was a pretty sweet episode. They, yeah. they made some terrible choices. <laughs> Matt's Off-Road <laughs> like, Recovery. They were, they were going to pull this old Suzuki or something. Anyway, long story short, they're like, this one part of the trail is really rough, so they just run it through the creek. Yep. But the what they didn't realize was how deep the creek was in a certain spot. And the thing just disappeared. Into oh, no. the water. oh my gosh. <laughs> it was funny. Anyway, you have to watch it. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, hilarious. cracks it, me up. Don't ever get a rental car from where they're in Utah, right? Isn't it? Utah? Yeah. Yeah. Utah. Don't ever get a rental car. Cause they drive them down these paths of rocks and then they drag them back out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not good. Yeah. All right. It looks Anyways. like a lot of fun. It does look like a lot of fun. All right. You can email us hardwatershow at gmail.com. And uh, that's a great way to send us pictures or interact with us. Um, 
and we do read everything. Not everything makes the show, but we do our best to get back to everybody in a timely way during the season. So, Jay, I don't think we have any fact checks this week. Nope. We must be doing good. Must be. Or or Dave's busy. <laughs> Dave's busy. It might be that Dave's busy. All right. Um, <laughs> speaking of Northwoods, Dave, this weekend, the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show, the big one. Right, Jay? Yeah. So I think uh, at least we will be there. Yeah, we're going to be wandering around. So hopefully we run into some people. It should yeah. be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I got a few things I'm going to poke around at, and always interesting to see the new stuff and talk to the new people. Yeah, I love seeing the cool little gadgets and stuff, and talking to all the all the people there. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got an email from Red Door on Malax. They told me that um, they're going to be there, and also you know they're starting to prep for ice season up there. We're pretty far from having a wheelhouse on Malax at this point, but. But you know, yeah, not without floaties, not without floaties, but still being prepared. All right. Uh, so big news on uh, the Minnesota State Muskie record, Jay. Did you see this? I saw. I did. I saw this. It was broken on Malax. Yeah, sixty-four-year-old record. So look that up. I think fifty-six pounds, and they weighed it at a UPS store. Fifty-six pounds. Fifty-six pounds. I met. They must have not returned it to the water if they went to a UPS store with it. No, there was kind of something in the story. So I read the story. Oh, I did. Um, yeah, they yeah. didn't try to revive it for like an hour. Yeah, and it just wasn't coming back. Yeah. they It was not going to make it, so they, they decided to bring it and mount it. Or I would assume mount it. I guess they didn't say they mounted it. But I, the guy was actually kind of broken up about it. Um, he, he You could tell in the article he was... Wasn't super excited that it, they couldn't get it back in the lake, but mm-hmm. um, you know that's a big fish, and I'm sure after after uh, you know a long fight, it, it might not make it. Well, how so, old do you think that thing would have been? Um, well, it, says, it has some specs. It was casting big plastics. Don't ask for more is what it says in this article. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, fifty-five pound. Yep, fifty-five pounds, fourteen point eight ounces. 57.75 inches long, 29 inches in girth. Um, and these people were from, um, the netter was from Otsego. And uh, another person were from Zimmerman. So, I mean, right up in my neck of the woods, right? So, so yeah, these are pretty local people. And I read, you know, he, musky fishermen, like it's a different kind of fishing, right? Like yeah. you don't get one every time. So they said they were up there. This happened, I believe, the Monday before Thanksgiving is the actual event. Um, you know, they were pushing their boat through ice to get out there and fish. So, I mean, it, you know, it's almost ice fishing, right? But, yeah, it, it's, it was a fish of a lifetime. So. so how old, I mean, like in years, how many old, how old do you think? I don't know. It, it didn't say. Maybe somebody can help us understand that. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say. But I, I know the old records from 1957 wow. um and that was i believe up at leach oh wow uh, when i've been swimming in that lake there's been a giant muskie out there too got a little ice report seth e um near alexandria sent us a picture sent me a picture of a sunny and a pike about four inches which is only it's less than two hours from my house four inches uh, of ice or the pike and the sunny were four inches. <laughs> the sunny looked about four inches the pike was bigger but the ice was about four inches yeah that's so, awesome 
Yeah. I know I've been starting to see it up on the Facebook people getting out yep. and ice fishing. So, but it's still ah, real, is, real. Be real careful. I mean, it's, we're not even close here. It was yeah. I think sixty degrees this weekend. Hmm. So we're so, a long ways off. Another listener, um, Sam D, asked if we've ever fished Caba Togama. Is that how you sell that? I don't think K- I'm saying it right. Katogama. Katogama. It's way up. I think that's um, what I'm going with that. Katogama. Yeah, it's by Voyagers National Park in St. Louis County. It's actually one of the big 10 biggest lakes in Minnesota. We have never fished that, have we? No, but it looked it looked like a ton of structure. It looked huge. It looked like a good lake to fish, but I didn't really have a lot of tips for Sam. I looked at a lake map, and I'm like, ooh, this is a project. <laughs> like, I think Ol- there. hasn't Oli fished that? He's fished... Um, it's attached to um, Rainy Lake because it's all kind oh. of a system up there. So I think he's sure. fished Rainy Lake, but I don't know if he's fished that lake. But it, it it looked like a great lake. But I I really can't share any expertise, but I guess it's a project we have to work on, Jay. I'm going to say look for a rocky, windblown point. Do you want to fish that's the hard ice fishing. <laughs> <laughs> the windward side or the other that, side? That's my summer advice. Yes. My winter advice is... Find those mid-lake humps and rock bars and transition spots. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you like that nondescript advice? That you yes. Can apply it yes. <laughs> throw 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 crankbaits and plastics. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Except in the winter because they just it's hard to hit the hole. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Andrew. We had Andrew check in from Medosa, Manitoba, where they had about eight point five inches of his. He said, "Meh, ice." But that was enough to put your hard side of the shack out there, apparently. Yeah, that there's always <laughs> wasn't I was watching a video where someone drug out a like aluminum skid shack pulled yep. by an ATV and was basically sinking. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was too heavy yet. Yeah. People people someone's always gotta push. They always gotta push. Yep. So Okay, so the the most interesting thing, obviously I love the ice report. He said they had a ton of snow, so the ice wasn't that great. Yeah, lots of white ice, not the clear ice that you want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he sent me a video, and he's fishing, and this deer comes up with a collar on it, and he starts petting it. That's crazy. <laughs> it literally was like a pet deer, and I, I so I said, "What's with the pet? De- like, is that a pet?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "When when it was young, he found it, like it had lost its mother or whatever, and was abandoned, and so." They raised it and it just has a collar. He said we put a collar on it so people don't shoot it, right? You know, like during hunting season and stuff. And and it just he was ice fishing and the deer ran up to him and he petted it like a dog. Oh my gosh. So I have a video. I don't I don't yet have authorization to actually post it. I'm gonna have to ask, but Sure. Yeah. But but uh but yeah, it was it, I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Isn't that like don't play with your food kind of a situation? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know all the rules and regulations and what happens, but I don't think he didn't like try to make it a pet. It just, you know, he saved it from dying and it kind of... Attached itself. Yes, exactly. Jason, did you see that you got mentioned about isoholics? That yeah, Facebook where we page? got that, yeah, where we got that uh, ladder idea from to use as a ramp. So that was cool. They yeah. have a lot of members and some interesting yeah, was- stuff on there. Um, Always appreciate appreciate the the reach out for sure. Okay, so then the next person that sent us some stuff was uh, Joe Pete was his handle, and he said after listening to our discussion about the bands 
last year, last week, and yeah. how we said we didn't like them during the... It wasn't last week. It was two weeks ago when we talked about ice fishing rods. I think it was, yeah. Yeah. And he said he doubles up the bands. So there's four bands instead of two to help. So he said he likes that. I don't know if I like that, but I mean, everybody has their own preference. So I, I feel like he also said zip ties work too. I can see that. Yeah, I think I've had reels that have been zip tied on before, like when you buy them at Fleet Farm. And I don't, I don't think you know at that level of rod or even custom ones. I mean, zip ties aren't going to reduce your feel. No, but that little knobby there could. I don't know if I yeah. like that. Yeah, but having a two hundred dollar fishing rod and a one penny zip tie might not look too fancy. So I've used a lot know. of zip ties. Are have a lot of utility. Don't get me wrong. I've. We were. <laughs> oh yeah, I hear you. Half of my son's truck is zip tied together, most likely. Um, when you can't find the body clips, I always carry a roll of duct tape and some zip ties in the car. Absolutely. And a little toolbox. You can go a long ways with those things. You can. It really Absolutely. can. Rogers and Red posted that they are going to allow foot traffic starting on Monday, which was already which is today <laughs> as we record this podcast. Um, so on Red Lake, they are walking out. Yeah, a lot of picture fishing supposed to be great up there right now. And it said by the December 3rd, they expect to have wheelers out. Wow. They listed their number, but I, I'm just sharing what they said. I, <laughs> it's, I would love to be there, but we will be at the ice fishing show. So, All right, so a couple other really interesting things. I saw, um, gosh, you know, you get, you know, yeah, there's so many articles and like outdoor news and stuff about different ice fishing stuff now that deer hunting's over, right? Mm-hmm. Like everything leads yeah, up to deer hunting. Yeah, starting to heat up because everybody, <laughs> yeah. Yep. No more deer hunting, or at least mostly no more deer hunting. So, uh, monofilament is 70 this week. So, in the 50s, monofilament fishing line wow. came out. His argument, this was uh, Mike Schoenveld in uh, the November 18th of outdoor news his argument was it still has a purpose in life and i would agree i mean i use mono it's it's not perfect it's not as sensitive but um it's very forgiving and it's cheap absolutely yeah i mean i think i probably use that still more than anything else just yeah yep yep i just ordered a couple new lines and i got uh, that p-line floral ice six pound Mm -hmm. test and uh it's I'm going to try that, but I did, I mean, that floral, you do fight with the twist. So, I don't know. You put that on those inline reels, it gets a little better. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't know. So, I, I wanted to get some new line, and so I ordered some, and we'll see if I go back to mono or not on that. Another really interesting, and this this was an article by Joe Faleggi. You remember? Him? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, he had an article this week, uh, the, very recently, the Outdoor News. Because, you know, he's the same guy who who did our book, right? Yep. Right? Classic Minnesota fishing stories. I've got the book right here. He is still writing. So, so um, he had an article. A lot of noise there. Sorry about that. <laughs> he had an article about spinner blades, and I thought it was really interesting. Um, he wondered why we named spinner blades after states like Colorado and Indiana. Where did that come from? It was like an open question he asked on there. So, I don't know. 
get the outdoor news, read it. It's a very interesting article. But so. that's not really an ice fishing deal, though. You use spinning blades. You use, but not like a Colorado blade. But they will. Will you? What, yeah, sure. Oh, I suppose. Unlike a quick strike or something? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. They don't do a lot of spinning, though. They just kind of hang there so you don't, no. get, so you don't get a fine. Well, yeah, I think they're more about the rules than they are about the the anything else. But yeah, and they're usually smaller in the winter. But I don't know. It was just an interesting thing. Um, and then there was some kind of like, hey, make sure you're following the rules news. Um, during deer opener, um, a few fellows got ticketed for having 48 fish over from Lake of the Woods. That's insane. Yeah, so not so good. So, um, yeah, well, so, so, <laughs> uh, not a good scene. So, follow the rules. All right. Um, fishing report, nothing yet here. Not uh, for us. We did have a little fishing report from our, some of our users. Well, did, didn't, listeners. now, Northwoods Dave got out, didn't he? Um, he was on the ice. I did don't he know fish? that he, Wasn't he fished. fished? I'm sure he'd fish. Why wouldn't he have fished? Was I he watching fished. tip-ups or something? Oh, maybe. I think you're right. He was. But he I must didn't not have it. caught anything. If he, We would have seen a picture. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, this will give him an opportunity to fact check us. So we're going to say Dave got skunked unless otherwise corrected. I, I saw Uncle Ron chimed <laughs> in and made sure he had all. He didn't have his proper fishing he did. safety gear. Yep. He had his, his goggles and his ice picks and his mm-hmm. floating gear. And I saw... Um, Oh, what was that that gal's name? Girl of a Thousand Lakes is her Instagram. Oh yeah, we we met her at the ice fishing show last year. She's awesome. She did a video of her float suit. She jumped off the dock with a float suit on. Wow. Of course, course my left foot I think weighs more than her, but she floated (laughs) just fine. You know. Wow. Yeah, the type with the the float suit. So, but you know, the thing to remember is even even if it keeps you up and out of the water, you still you still need just please be careful out there. Um, okay, so this next kind of thing I want to talk about is a little outdoor news heavy, but they had tons of ice fishing stuff in here. So they listed in the outdoor news, they listed kind of a, they met with one of the DNR people and they listed like some of the big popular lakes and how they're doing. So they talked about red and said, you know, you can keep one more fish on red this year. Um, the slot's a little different, um, that they had a surplus of walleyes is what they described because they had... Wow. So, so it seems like Red Lake, they're thinking, is going to be good this year. Um, they, they said Malax should be good. They think there's a lot of fish in the class of 20 to 22, which is usually the slot. I don't know if it's a slot this year. But um, so, but the fishing was pretty, to be honest, the fishing was pretty bad this summer for me on Malax. It was tough. And what the DNR guy said that kind of correlated this was, that there's a lot of bait fish like okay. fish aren't hungry basically not that they're not there they're just they're happy they don't they don't need your your uh you know spinner rig <laughs> when, when they're happy was the theory anyways um and leech lake they said that there's a lot of big fish in leech lake is what the dnr guy said so um that seems like a good destination too but read the whole article it was really good um they kind of talked about each lake and they really seemed like they knew what they were talking about so um i don't get any sponsorship from the outdoor news i just enjoy reading it so well it's it's good information 
It is, and they've been around for a long time. And they have different editions, too, for different areas. It's not just Minnesota. So, Gear, Jay. I had a couple gear things before we get into our Ice Shack topic. Since I watch YouTube and I need something to watch, I watch Ice Fishing. Brad Hawthorne, is, uh, he represents Northland, and he was doing, you know, they usually talk about the new lures and that kind of stuff, but they had a new lure called the Coffin Minnow. It looked interesting. We use Northland. I think Buckshots is... I mean, I have more buckshots in my tackle box than anything else, right? Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, but this coffin minnow is heavy on the end, like on the top end of the lure. So, like it's kind of weighted, top weighted. Hmm. So when you drop it down, like the where you hook your your lure to your line would sit in the bottom of the ground, and then the the actual bait part would stick up instead of like the other way around. Okay. So it seemed like a very noisy, like a very like, hey, look at me. Kind maybe of pound you, the bottom with it and stir yep. up some muck. and Maybe your dead sticks over here. You you pound over here and attract sure. them kind of thing. Yeah, that um, makes sense. But, you know, he's a big Mille Lacs guy, and he said it works really well out there. Um, but a couple of things I picked up, not just from the coffin minnow, but he talked about his the way he rigs things. Brad did, Brad Hawthorne. And I just got this from the YouTube video. Um, that um, so he fishes with a six pound main line of floral, and then he puts he called them ant swivels, which I had never heard of before. But these tiny little like yep, size twelves, and and so then you put that on there, and then you put another leader, and then you um, put this. Northland has these things called fast snaps mm-hmm. that you can clip your lure off really fast, and I've never used these. Yeah, those are on my list of things to try this year, actually. Um, um, I have some on order. They're because coming. of the difficulty <laughs> tying a line in low light conditions with yes. light, you know. So sometimes you're like, gosh, I'm, I would should switch, but I don't want to tie another lure on. Yeah, so, so he can mm-hmm. switch these lures. So if you're spoons, instead of tying all the time, I mean, you tie this fast snap on there and it just snaps on there. and Yeah. I, I ordered a couple of them, and I'm going to try this rig up. So I, I've got some new P-Line Floral Ice 6-pound test, and I'm going to put the, one of those little swivels, and I'm going to put the fast snap, and then see how that works. It seemed like a good setup. I liked it. I wonder if that swivel will... It, it has to. You know, I'm sitting here thinking we talk a lot about line twists, and, you know, when you jig those... Uh, those buckshots, they spin. That's exactly what he said, because it stops the lure. Because the swivel, yeah, you know, you're only doing little. The line twist is only that last however long your leader is, right? That's I like that. That's sharp. That uh, that could really help. So I'm gonna. That could be a game changer for you. I know. So I I didn't come up with this. This was Brad watching YouTube. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, but um, I'm gonna try it because I, I ordered some parts and. Uh, we're going to rig it up, so we're ready to go. I ordered some jointed pinhead minnows. I know you had liked these before. I think they're good. And I ordered them, so I'm, I'll probably put a link out there, but I a couple different colors. I wanted to try those out because I know you had them, and they looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the – this came from Brad, too, um, and this is I'm a little more specific Malak, so I apologize their belts. These might work at other places. So this these are probably colors that would work well on lakes that are pretty clear because Malax is a pretty clear lake. Um, he he likes 
different colors like UV green and UV pink on Mille Lacs, which I've used. I know pink is very popular on Mille Lacs, but I've never used UV green, which mm. is just like a bright neon green. Um, so And gold. I mean, I've used gold quite a bit, but he, he liked those colors. And so I got a couple of those in the um, pinhead um, variety. You know, I just write down random things here, Jay. <laughs> You're kind <laughs> but, of random now. You're really... Got a, you got a lot of good information, Jeff, so I'm just letting you go tonight. All right, you are, all right. You're we're, on we're, fire, man. We're on fire. Okay, so the next thing, we got in this line twist, right? Because you got me thinking about spinners, and you got me thinking about swivels and line twists. Yep. I'm trying this fluorocarbon line again, which made me really mad last time and twisted, and I was unhappy, and I ripped it off and put mono back on. One thing I did notice as I went through my rods, I have um, two diode reels that I really like. I don't remember. They're, I've had them for a while. But I remember when I bought them, they were bigger than I expected them to be. Like I got them on a Black Friday deal and they were like half price or something, right? And um, and But they were the bigger size. They were like maybe, a, you know, usually reels go like 20, 30, 40, right? And a lot of the ice fishing stuff I would say is in the 20 range. And these were 30s. And I'm like, oh, they're so big and bulky. But actually, I think having that bigger real actually helps the line twist a bit right the really tiny ones because you're think about how many more times you're wrapping it around that 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 spool yeah that's true yeah i'll so, give you that so line twist that's where that comes from one last thing i really have wanted these you know this will foreshadow into our hub and ice shack talk in a minute here have you seen these ice angels I've actually had them on my Christmas list for like three years. Nobody buys them. I know. And they're kind of expensive. So I saw an advertisement. That's why they're a Christmas list item, not just a thing I'm going to go buy. So I saw some advertisements. They were two for 50 bucks. So 25 bucks a piece. I know. And and, and what they are is like, it's basically a piece of metal that's like jagged. And they have like a bolt in the middle that pivots them, right? It's like a cam. Yeah, it's a cam, a double-sided cam. And then you would take your rope and tie it to this double-sided cam. Well, first you would drill a hole with your auger. because they're Not all the way fit. through, though. Not all the way through. Yeah, drill a partial hole with your auger. You would put one of these angels and expand it out with these cams, and then you would put a rope. And my thought was you would put a rope to your hub shack. That's why I thought about this. Then that cam action like keeps it in the hole. Like you, It'll pull on that, and it won't come out of that hole, right? Like I don't know what they're rated for weight, but... They look Enough. pretty durable. Enough. And so, you know, I thought how many times I fought with those stupid little screws. But if you had like a, you could drill a hole, throw a nice angel in there and hook it to your hub shack to get it going, you'd probably get pretty far. I thought about them just for tying down my shack, you know, mm-hmm. um, throwing a rope on so it doesn't take off on you. Down the, yeah, down the we've road. all been there. Yeah, we don't <laughs> want to be there again. No, no, so no, it's no. Good, you know, and and I'm not also not a big fan of the screw anchors. You know, you can use a lag bolt and a screw and that kind of a setup too, but also a pain. Know. Less of a it, it's guaranteed to work, but you I hate carrying the drills and stuff with me. Extra stuff. It it is. So I already have a drill for my auger, but then you got to take it off the auger. I mean, so then you're carrying two drills. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of. I usually just roll the dice on the shack blown away, to be honest. Yeah, and usually I do. Well, if it's a hub shack, you can't roll the dice. But no, you but, can on those. <laughs> but but I've wanted one, and and to your point, they were just above that price point where I'm like, I ah, will try one. But maybe we'll see them at the ice show. Maybe we can try one out. I don't know. 
All right, so that was Jeff's random tool through gear tour. Did I say tool? Tour through gear. So I picked up uh, a couple of tip-ups this weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to deal in those. Nothing fancy, but uh, so the Arctic Fisherman. um, And uh, I was at this little sporting goods store over in Manning. And... uh, I was looking around. We were looking at some ammo and stuff because they, you know, it's kind of a little out of the way place. And I was able to pick up two of these um, for twenty-two bucks a piece. Wow, that's um, cheap. I think they're from the '80s. Like the one had an original box. <gasps> really? Um, yeah, Ooh. the other one didn't, which was too bad. So the one's going to get pressed into service. The other one I might keep. So I'm trying to think about what to do with it. So we might might come up with some sort of a promotional thing for the show or a contest. I don't know yet. Ooh. Still trying to decide because I, it it's you know it's the original box with the you know the the beaver dam, yep. tip up Arctic fisherman tip up. It's got the brass end on it. Ooh. You know the the old school deal. I sh- you know technically I should give one to Ollie since you broke his, but right you know when you, when you pull it through the when you pull it through the ice too fast that kind of a thing. I have two beaver dams that somebody did that too. <laughs> I. I think you should be more careful with your stuff, <laughs> but um, you know. But I won't. I'm not going to do that. So, <laughs> but uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. So it always pays to poke around, you yeah. know, because there's probably no place within a hundred miles of that store where you'd actually use a tip up. Oh, that's cool. I got some from the '80s, um, and I still love beaver dams. I will admit, though, like. In my bag that goes with me every time, I usually have one tip-up, unless I know I'm going tip-up fishing. And I use that new Arctic one that folds in half, that plastic tube one, just because oh, sure. it stores everything better. But but I still think I love the classic beaver dam, as long as you have a thermal to go around the hole so you don't... Yep. You know. Cool. Well, I'm jealous. I can't wait to see them deployed in action. They're pretty cool. Sweet. All right. Are we ready to move on to our topic, Jay? Let's do it. We're only, uh, what, 35, 40 minutes into the show. 37. Who's counting? <laughs> We're on track. We are on track. The beauty of it is it's our show. We can sit here and jabber for two hours. Sure. That's sure. why they give you the pause button. You can come <laughs> back whenever you want. Well, and uh, gosh, should I even say this? So I don't know if everybody knows, but um, so uh, last week... Our podcast was a bit lengthy. It was, but that's okay. It's okay. It was good content. I mean, we had Colby on. I mean, he was an awesome guest, so I was so happy to have him on. Um, But I didn't really realize it was quite so long until I got to the end, and um, I wanted to re-listen to it. And if you ever crunch for time and want to listen to the show, um, there are settings in most podcast players that you can speed it up. And there's even settings that you can take out some of the white space of where we kind of talk, right? And so you, if you're crunch for time, you can listen to an hour and 20 minutes in like less than an hour, right? It's like without the commercials. Yeah, it, it goes faster. Now, you might get a little like, feel like you're kind of running really fast, right? When you hear somebody talk that fast for that long. But, but most podcast players have it. So it's just a little tip for podcast listeners out there. Good thing it can't filter for meaningless content, because ours would be damn near bad. 
<laughs> There's the mute Jason and mute Jeff button. Yeah. <laughs> what if I just want to listen to Jason or just want to listen to Jeff? And we take oh, boy. one or the other. <laughs> well, and if we knew which one is which, we'd feel bad or good about ourselves. you like find and replace when you're writing a document. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I did that last week, so it made me think about that because... You know, sometimes maybe you're driving to work and you only have a half an hour, but it's an hour podcast. You can probably cram it in a little faster. So, Absolutely. All right. All right. So our topic, Jay, we said I'm we're going to get to 37 minutes and now we spent two more minutes talking. Yeah, I said 40. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> here we are. All right. Why don't you introduce this one to us, Jay? All right. So the topic tonight is how to buy and what things to look for in a used ice shack. So this came about... In a couple of different ways, you know, um, when you look at the prices of new stuff, it it's really you know the the quality and what the offerings have really improved, but but the cost is just substantial, you know, and everything's getting more expensive, and and not even just expensive, some of it's getting really hard to find. Yep. Um, but as people upgrade, they you know they get rid of their old stuff, or they get they up they get rid of the old stuff because it no longer fits how they like to fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people, unfortunately, get into ice fishing, think they're going to do it a lot, and they just don't. So they end up selling it. So, or that you know that it doesn't fit in their truck. And you know, all sorts of reasons why they, they move on. So right. we just wanted to walk through some of the th- thoughts that we had on what to look for and, and kind of help you create a, a checklist, if you will, around, hey, when you go out to look, it's really easy to get super excited and go, you know, oh, here it is, and the money is, and I got cash in hand, and all that stuff, and and just want to make sure you're making a good purchase. You don't have buyer's remorse. Yeah, and and you know, too, not just for the buyers, but for the sellers. Um, I mean, I don't know how many ice shacks I've had, Jay. A lot. I, sh- I should make a list. I need a page with all the ice shacks I've had and a review of each one. But um, it's also a great way if you want to upgrade, right? Like um, maybe you have a two-man shack and you want to get a thermal two-man shack, right? Mm-hmm. Um you probably don't need both, so it's a great way to get rid of your old one to help subsidize the new one, right? I mean, it's 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 a not just for buyers, but for sellers too. Well, and that and that's honestly what I did is I bought I started off with a cheaper shack, yep, like a two man hub, and I sold that, and then got some cash and was able to upgrade to a used four man hub, and then I didn't really like that, and a guy was selling this flip over clam that I have now, and I traded that and fifty bucks for the, the flip over. Mm-hmm. So I incrementally was able to move into what I want. I'm still using that used flip over from five, six, seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. It still fits my needs. So I, I doubt I'll get rid of it at this point. But, you know, it certainly was a used shack. And, and so there are some really good bargains. Now, coming in this time of year, probably not as – well, there are well, some good bargains. You, you'd be surprised. I yeah, found I some bargains. Because people are trying to upgrade. And yep. actually right after, like, if depends on what region, you know – you want to know when those big shows are, those ice fishing shows, uh, you know, because people before and after are trying to either raise some capital to buy the new and new and new and greatest, or they bought it and now they've got to get rid of the other one. So those are good times to look around. So Jay, where where do you look? Like if you're like, you know what, um, it's going to be cold. Uh, I don't want to be cold. Last year I went ice fishing three times and just my jacket and got cold and I'd love to have a shelter, right? Where do you start? Where, where Where is your place? So it used to be Craigslist, but now it's really Facebook Marketplace, um, at least in this area, and, and Craigslist. So between Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, 
Um, sometimes uh, if, if a local community has a shopper, yep. uh, we have Verdian Credit Union and they have a shopper that, that not a lot of people use, but some of the old guys use yet. And so there's some good deals on there to be had. Um, you know, and you can also put an ad on Facebook Marketplace, say, looking for this, here's what I'm willing to spend. And people will actually contact you, which cuts down on time a little bit, um, and say, you know, and, and say, hey, this is what I got. Yep. I did notice I did some searching. I went to Facebook and Craigslist um, in more kind of the Twin Cities, Minneapolis area. And I, like you, thought Facebook was where everything was, but there's still a fair amount of stuff on, on Craigslist. So some of the keys to getting a good deal sometimes is, you know, looking in unexpected places, right? Like somebody put it out there and, you know, people don't look at Craigslist as much or uh, maybe they listed it wrong. So that's the other thing when you're searching for stuff, you know, use terms like ice shack, ice house, um, clam, you know, some of the name brand stuff. Um, You know, there's different ways to search for things because people list them differently and you might find that thing that nobody else found. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That goes into the value a little bit. And the other thing I thought, the, the real value is like, um, think about a really nice non-thermal shack before non-thermal shack, before thermal shacks came out, right? There are people that bought a really nice clam Nanook, for example, non-thermal, and they used it a few times and they put it in their garage and no mouse has ever gotten to it and it's in great shape. Those are like the value, right? Because they're not going to be driving the premium price because people want thermal shacks. That's what most people go. So you can find a pretty good one that's was state of the art five years ago, you know, that it's going to keep you warm. It's way better than standing out there without a shack. So I think that's where you get some of that value. I think the hub shacks tend to drop more in price too. Yes. Um, for sure, you know, from, from new to used, they certainly seem to take a hit. Um, which is good if you're looking for one on the used market. But there are some things. Let's talk about those first, shall we? There so are some things to really pay attention to with those. Before we get into those, let's let's talk, let's talk categorize the. I think there's three main kinds that we're going to talk about, right, Jay? Okay, sounds good. So, so on the bottom of the pile is a cabin-style shelter. That's yes. what came out first, right? Like, like it has a floor that folds in half with poles and like a tent, right? It's like a cabin style. It kind of big. Or called um, a suitcase. Suitcase. That's the better word for it. Yeah. A suitcase so that's, shack. You're going to find the cheapest ones because that's the one people want the least is that one because it's not as easy to pull and stuff. But people still use them and they still work. Yep. The um, fray bill. There's a ton of fray bill made and yep. a ton of clams made. So then the next, the next thing I would say are what you talked about was the hub shacks. That's kind of like tier two, right? They lose their value quicker, not as popular, um, you know, and then at the top of the pyramid, you have kind of your flip over shacks, right? And actually the flip over shacks were, the hub style were probably newer to the market than the previous two, right? So the yes. suitcase was probably first and yep. that used to be a wood and canvas yep. style and then went to plastic when that came out in yep. canvas style. Dave Gens, right? The, the fish trap. Yep. Fish trap, yep. Am I, am I think, remembering that all right? Yep. No, you're totally you right. Know, and that kind of set off that revolution. Yes. And then I would say the hub style was probably the next revolution with uh, the invention of yep. that whole business. And that showed up in deer blinds first, I think, that technology almost, or might have been almost simultaneous. But I remember seeing it first more in the deer blinds. 
Yeah, but there. I mean, it was a big thing, especially for group fishing. I think so. But yeah, I mean, Absolutely. I think that's your your tiers, and then I think the kind of you slice that anything thermal is going to be above anything non-thermal, right? Like, um, if you can get a thermal shack, that you're going to pay more money for that than a non-thermal shack. So you, I interrupted you because you were talking about the hub shack. So so let's start. Um, you know, let's start there and what to look for. Yeah. So on the hub shacks, you know, they're beyond troubles with fabric. So you, you got to set it up. So when you go, you meet the guy or gal in the parking lot of the local Walmart, you know, and he's got a shack. And of course, he, he or she insured said, oh, it's great. Last time I used it, it worked good. You know, it's kind of like when someone says a car ran when they last used it. <laughs> ran, when got, ran, when <laughs> ran when parked. Ran when parked. Ran when parked. You know, they always have run when, you know, worked last time I used it. Well, of course, otherwise you wouldn't have used it. So, you know, they're not lying, and I would never call anybody a liar, unless they were. But, so you want to set that thing up, even even if it's in the Walmart parking lot. You just, you got to do it. And so you want to set it up, and you want to start with, I think, what, Jeff checking out the zippers? Make sure all the zippers work. Zippers are important because, I mean, honestly, if the zippers are shot, I mean, it's kind of junk. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's not, not easy really useful. To put zippers in these things because nope. the fabric is so tight yeah. that there's really not a lot of material. If there's a rip in that fabric, it's really cost prohibitive unless you have the skill yourself to put a zipper in one of these. Right? I, would I would not say buy I just one. wouldn't do it. Yep, wouldn't buy one without a zipper. Maybe free, maybe take a stab at it, but not even if you could do it yourself. Even if if, if you couldn't do it yourself, I mean, because zippers themselves aren't cheap. No, zippers, I wouldn't buy one with so a zipper. You're I never going to get that in there. You're never going to get it right, are you? So no, mm-hmm. if I got a bad zipper, don't Next. do it. Next. Um, mouse so holes though. Mouse holes that can be patched. It can. And if if you don't mind a little bit of patching. I think that's probably your biggest bargain. Yep. If somebody's just irritated the mouse, because I would be, uh, irritated the mouse, ate a hole in their shack, and uh, they don't want to mess with patching it. And they don't want to have the look of a patch shack when they're out there. So I think that's probably the heck of a bargain. That's not hard to patch. You can do iron-on patches. You can sew on a patch. Um, you could so, get a hard water fishing show embroidered patch and put it over the hole. There you That'd go. be cool. So, so Jay, I, I feel like we're going to have to digress. Am I going too slow? No, but we're talking about patching and, and we've never told the story before, but this was maybe the second ice shack we've ever fished out of. Is this going to be our legend? Do we have a legend? Oh, we better tell the legend. Yeah. Let's hold this off for the legend. <laughs> hold it off for the legend. Ooh, yep. You almost yep. Spilled, the, spilled the beans on that deal. Okay. Okay. So we'll wait till the legend, but yep. it's coming. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing just happened. All right. Again. So, Again. So patches, right? And then what's next? Probably the hub. It's the hubs and the poles. Yeah. You know, I've, I've never actually seen poles really fail. I think they can if you're not careful. but They like, can. I've seen a lot of information on that about the internet. They shatter. People get rammy with these things, and that's when bad things happen. Yep. Yep. So, a lot you of can times, fix poles. You can, you can, but you got to make sure the man you, you can still get them. So there again, I would do your research. If the, if someone says, "Well, it's, it's all good except one bad pole, and I don't want to mess with it," you can get it. Make sure you can get it. 
Because some of the older ones you can't anymore. I'd probably pass on a broken pole. I think you can find... There's enough of them out there. I think you could find one without a broken pole. Jeff's advice is pass. Pass. My yes. advice is it depends on your budget. If you can... But, you you know, those poles aren't free either. So by the time you get the pole and you get shipping, you're probably going to have, what, 50 bucks? Yeah. Yep. In it? And you can just so, go and buy a different one with it and have a shattered pole. Yeah. So probably pass. Yep. But so that's why that comes to that importance. You want to set it up. There was also some some brake lines on the hubs, and I, I can speak to the clams because that's the one I own personally. Is um, like my original clam, all the tieouts were outside. The next gen clam hub had tie downs inside, so you could you could pop it out, stake it inside first, and then stake out outside as well. So it was a little easier to put up. Have you had that experience with some of the ones you've used, Jeff? So I actually think there are three generations to those. There is the original put in the skirt, like it would have a grommet in the skirt. Correct. And you would drill the the anchor through the hole in the grommet into the ice. Um, and that was hard <laughs> and a pain in the ass. Um, and then the second generation, I think, came to the insides, right? Where they had them on the inside. Yeah, that's which the is, one I had. Marginally better, but Marginally. I don't really know. Marginally better. I, I don't even know if I differentiate, to be honest. Okay. So then I have a couple third gens, and I don't think this even applies to a specific brand. Clam, I've got an otter and a clam. They're both the same way. They put the guy lines on the outsides. They, like, instead of like attaching it to the skirt or the bottom, they actually have like a strap, right? And you pull the strap out. And even before you put the shack up, you put you pull the strap out, you drill in the anchor so that it's anchored, even if the wind catches it, it's not going away. And I use those guy lines now. I don't, unless it's crazy windy, I don't even put them in the skirt. So you would want to check, though, all those tie downs points to make sure nothing's ripped or torn. Yep. And, and know the value, you know, of the skirt ones, I think, are the most pain in the butt. The inside ones are probably second. So think about that as you're paying for it. Don't pay, you know new shack money for a 10 year old shack with that old pain in the butt system the third gen yeah yeah that makes that makes sense and the windows all these things have windows that seem to crack is that something people should worry about um windows yeah so two different styles right uh do the windows come out or do they not come out and is there another covering of the windows like yeah there should always be another covering Mm -hmm. i think but um, honestly, they all crack. Um, I would buy one with cracked windows. I would get out my packing tape and tape it on there and call it good. Call it a day. I mean, I, I would I would buy one all day long with a broken window. <clears throat> it, it's just it happens. It's <laughs> a negotiation it's, point. There you go. Yeah, I would buy one that way. So what else? Oh, Jason, one thing I found by buying you shacks, and this is from experience, you got to smell them. Yeah. This is the old sniff test. I mean, you got to yeah. be able to sit in that thing. If somebody smoked a pack a day inside of them and that's not what you want, pay attention to that, right? Like, I mean, because the smell goes with them for a real long time. So, um, or if somebody left a dead fish or whatever. I mean, yeah, and you're going to want to look for the mold and mildew thing yep. too. Because yep. that's really hard to get out of a canvas once it starts. Um, yep. So it's darn near impossible to get out. So smell is a big, at least for me, I, 
I actually bought a clam nook used for a really good price and it was very smoky and I couldn't deal with it mm-hmm. and I sold it to somebody else. It was a good deal. I didn't make any money. I didn't lose any money. I was happy to move it along, but um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with the smell. Yeah. What else yeah. on hubs? I can't think of anything else. No, I mean, you know, the, you're not going to find this newest generation of hub probably with the door that goes all the way to the floor. No. If you find one of those used, Buy you're going to pay top dollar. And if you're if it's cheap, buy it now because they're hard to even find at all. And they're way worth it because climbing through that little triangle door isn't always the easiest. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, I've heard some complaints on them, but not many. I heard they're a little heavier, but probably mm-hmm. worth their weight. Yeah. So, 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 Jay, we talked about all the things that look for a hub check. Why would you choose to buy a used hub check over the other styles? Oh, typically because, uh, well... Depends on what I'm using for a vehicle. So if I've got a car I'm or a small, small SUV, I'm not going to want a flip-over shack because I'm not going to have a way to carry it. Yep. So the, that hub, I can chuck that in the trunk of a car. I can chuck it in the back of a small SUV. And I can put it in a small sled or on my back on a backpack-style deal and walk it out to where I'm fishing. So portability yep. um, really by a person versus machine in a smaller vehicle is a way to go on those hubs for, and, and then for the number of people you can stick in them. Yep. And portable versus mobile, right? They're not Correct. really that mobile, but they but are portable. Very portable. And, and that's a big advantage. Um, right. Especially, you know, if you've got, if, you know, if you're a, a parent and you've got three kids, you want to take fishing, a hub shack is going to get you on the ice where a flip over is not. Yep. With your kids. And, Yep, and the storage part is nice too. I mean, a flip-over shack takes up a lot of space they in do. your garage. And a hub shack, not much at all. Nope, hang it on the wall. All right, so um, should we go into the Wayback Machine now, Jay, and talk about the cabin style? Yeah, let's do that. So, I mean, honestly, would you recommend getting a cabin style at this point, Jay? Maybe, yeah. For the right, I, for the I'll right price. I'll tell you price. why. I'll tell you why. Um, uh, And I'll use my my darling wife as an example. Some people like that you have a floor. Yep. They like a floor. And the hub style shack keeps you out of the snow. Or not the hub. I mean, so the the, the, uh, suitcase. Suitcase style shack. Lost my words there for a minute. Keep your feet off the ground. And I know you can bring pieces of foam and whatever. But they do. They they keep you yep. off the ground. The other thing is these suitcase style shacks. I've seen them as cheap as a hundred bucks or less for uh, a perfectly yes. perfectly serviceable shack. Yep, you and can so, get one for under a hundred bucks. Yep. Um, I saw a really nice canvas craft one. Do you remember like the old one you used to have? You might tell a story about later. Yeah, that I one. F- yep. Found a perfect example of that on Facebook for five hundred bucks with almost brand new canvas. Yep. Solid wood, everything. And it was an eight by eight shack. So if you wanted a, a shack to spend the weekend in, like one guy, that thing would have been perfect. Had a had a port for a little heater, the whole nine yards. Sweet little yep. shack. Just have a pickup to haul it around. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that part. But otherwise, like the, the little uh, clam suitcase ones, that's really a one man or small two man shack. You know, those are nice little shacks and you can get you can get fishing for $100. Yeah. Yep. My buddy Andy still fishes out of a suitcase shack, and he has that thing up quicker and just as yep. quick as I have my flip over up. 
So no, nope, I, I agree. I think there's still a place for them, and they're you. If you're on a very tight budget, I mean, they're going to have them there. Absolutely. Um, so things you should look for though hinges. Make sure they're solid. Yep. Once again, you're checking canvas. You're checking poles to make sure they slide good because if it's been closed up for a while and the poles have rusted, you can't extend them or they extend really difficult. You're going to look for that. You want to check your windows over again. The smell factor, again, yep. mold, mildew, that kind of stuff. Um, the poles are a little, usually a little more fidgety and have mm-hmm. like connectors on the ends. If they're plastic, watch for that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, make sure the connectors aren't broke. And they're hard to replace. I mean, you're not going to find them, so then you have to make something work, which you usually would. But just yeah, you have to buy a three D printer and make a copy and <laughs> print it, and then you're good to go. But now you're going to do it for five hundred bucks. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they still have a place. I, I don't know how many they actually even make anymore. I think it's more of a legacy people have them sit in the garage because I don't know if you can go buy a cabin anymore or a suitcase style shack anymore. Does Clam still make one make one you can buy? I don't think so, Jay. I, I really don't. Know. Let's find out though. So like that Clam two thousand. That was Google a, wants to know. There's a bunch of them around though. Oh yeah. You wouldn't need to buy a new one because they're not that popular. You can get them for a really good price. Um I saw one it's kind of like a modified cabin. Jay, have you seen the ones where like, so the ones I'm used to, the poles are inside of the canvas, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd have yeah. like a hoop and the canvas goes, the pole goes inside. Yeah. Some of the really old school ones, the the structure of the poles was actually outside. Yeah, well, that's how like, tents used to be too. Yeah, You'd like clip the canvas onto them and they look wicked. I saw one for sale for like really cheap. Mm-hmm. Um I think I called it. You could do better in our notes, um, but it was it was quite interesting and and uh, it was really oh here it is yes it's black it has so many holes in it and and uh, I'll put the link on here I have no clue but this is for fifty bucks uh, portable easy set fish house fifty bucks then the guy probably works take, good he'd probably take twenty five yep you cash know, only though you know in the, <laughs> the original shack. You know, there in these plans were around forever, where you could take, yep. you take the two uh, sheets of plywood, you'd have the half mm-hmm. moon on, you know, like the half arch, and you'd put the the tarp in the middle, and the two yep. ends would fold in, and and down the road you go. I mean, yep. those, gosh, those were the the cat's meow forever. Should we talk about the kind of the the third tier, or the kind of the the newest tier, um, which is. You know, I would say the top tier is the is the flip over shack. The right? flip I mean, over for for one or two people, the flip over shack is is what you're looking for. Um, and so, Jeff, what what's the number one thing you think? What's the number one failure on these that you want to watch for? Um, you know, it's probably the same thing with the canvas. I, I haven't seen a lot of the poles broken and stuff. I mean, they might be fidgety and stuff, but I, I think it's the it's the canvas, right? Once the canvas goes, um. I mean, you can patch it, and and but you're not going to fix zippers. So I, I think it's a lot like any other one. There's, there's. Well, I might just disagree with you to disagree with you, Jeff. Okay, what do you look for, Jay? Well, I think you want to start with the tub. Oh yeah, that you're right. Yeah, yeah, because you know, like canvas, you can still get replacement canvas for some of these, and actually, right. that replacement canvas on a lot of them I looked at on on the non-insulated. Yes, um, is half about half the purchase price. 
of a new one, so you're still actually okay mm. on doing it. It's the tub. So if that tub was used to hand pull, it's probably fine. Yeah. It, if you ask them, hey, what do you use to pull? And they're like, oh man, I use my snowmobile. We used to go 30 miles out on a lake, and you know, it it fly, it runs along at 40 mile an hour, just real good. You might want to walk away. You know, so that. You know, and one of the first big indicators of that is, does it have a rigid hitch on it? Yep. You know, so has the hitch been upgraded from a pull rope and it has brackets on it? You know, you want to check around those brackets. You want to look at the bottom and feel the bottom to see if it's super thin, you know, or if it had runners put on it and look for any sort of fracturing or distortion of the tub. No, I think that's, I think you're right because those tubs are, I mean, you can't replace those. Nope. Once that's gone, it's a, it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> that's game yep. over. Yep. Game over. So then, yeah, then you move on to the canvas and the whole old smelly zippers. You probably could get by, could you get by fixing a zipper on a flip over? You know, if, if it's a small flip over where you can actually flip it over, not a big one, but where you could get out of it by just flipping it over, you they don't have zippers. A lot of them don't even have a door. Like a true the original one, clam. The one man ones. You just flip it over. So then you don't have to write a zipper. But if if it's really hard to flip over, uh, yeah, I would still run away from most of the zipper. Yeah. yeah. The poles, um, some of the, you know, you want to look through the connectors on the poles. Yeah. Um, when the poles extend, you want to make sure all those clip into place. Some of those older ones are getting real hard to find used. Um a replacement to get replacement parts for it. So you're going to want to pay pretty close attention to make sure those all work. They might be fidgety. I know my clam ones are. Um, there's they some are. small things I do to help with that on the Nanook or Nanook. I don't know how you ever pronounce that. Nanook. Such but a you silly know, name. Even the newest, most modern ones, I feel like, can be fidgety. I mean, when it's cold outside and you have to take your gloves off to touch cold metal to pop the, the, mm-hmm. I mean, even the brand new ones, they'll, they'll put plastic clips and stuff on them. Then they break cause it's 30 below. And yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like they're, they can be a problem all the time. Yeah. So what I would say is a quick, you know, when you, when you find one, you find one on eBay or you find one on Craigslist or Facebook marketplace, yep. do just a quick Google search of that manufacturer's website for replacement parts for that particular creature, yep. and that way, when you go to when you go to uh, do some negotiation on it, you know, you know what what's a what's a a deal breaker and what's not. And some of it, some folks are super you know super inventive, and you you might be able to puzzle your way around a problem and something we haven't even thought of. So okay, so a couple other things I think I wanted to mention. When you're looking at a cheaper one, if you really are dying to have something more thermal, there's a hack to put this reflectic stuff in it. So if you buy a cheap non-insulated shack and you really feel like you want some insulation, you can buy that reflectic stuff and put it in just the ceiling. Absolutely. And, and it, it'll, you know, you could buy a $100 non-thermal shack versus a $300 thermal shack and spend 20 bucks on the reflectics and kind of be almost there anyways. And the, the, the other thing, you know, that you shack, really gets you into the game if you're not doing it you'll you'll figure out like what features you like and what features you don't when you didn't spend a thousand bucks to try that 
Seats, I mean, think about seats. I don't know. I mean, every seat system's kind of funky and they weigh a ton. And lately I want to just throw all the seats out and bring a chair. So I, the older I don't know. seats just aren't great in general. I mean, and everybody's got different tolerances and their backs are different. And um, most of them, though, you can unbolt them and bolt something else in. I've seen boat seats put in. You can throw a pad down to protect your, yeah, your I mean, hind end. And, have you ever really sat in one that was like, oh, this is so comfy. I should put no. every ice shack. No, they're, they're, I sometimes think like even like you're in a nook. We've talked about it many times. The seats could just get ripped out. You'd save 25 pounds and just bring a chair. I know. I keep thinking about doing that and then I just get lazy and keep going. So, and I guess the other kind of watch out for thing, um, I made this mistake. One of the first shacks I bought, I had no snowmobile and I bought this giant ice shack, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know how I was going to move it. It was way too big. You know, make sure you have a right size shack. I mean, yes, it's nice to have a huge shack that you can fit everything in, but if you can't move it, you know, you're going to have problems. So, so um, yeah, I would say keep an eye on the weight of anything you get. Absolutely. And, you know, think about what are you, what are you putting in it, how you how you get out on the ice, how you're transporting it to, and where you're storing it. Everyone's unique. I think... It's a great way to find a use ice shack. It's a fun pastime. I mean, I, we're going to have to create a list. I think I'm going to make a page and we're going to put all the ice shacks we've ever had and talk about what we liked and didn't like about them. It'd be kind of fun. I don't know. Any other parting thoughts, Jay, before we move on to our legend? The other thing, though, I would, I would always caution about is you'll probably find more bad information on any particular item than you'll ever will good information. Right. You know, so the negatives versus the positives, because people usually don't get on a message board and rant and rave about how good something is. Usually it's because something pissed them off. So, you know, always what it does is it gives you something to check out on the the used shack to make sure if there's something somebody's complaining about. But you don't always have to take it as gospel. No, and you got to remember this stuff is used, and yeah. ice fishing is hard on stuff. Oh, it's super hard. It's twenty below zero, and you're pulling a piece of plastic across the lake, right? I mean, I mean, don't expect them to be brand new. They're going to have problems. So, all right, well, go out there and get yourself a used shack and get out fishing. Absolutely, that's what it's all about. So, Jay, I think we have our legend kind of develop in our our uh, our whole episode today. Yeah, yeah. So, why don't you start it off? So I'm not sure I know what you're talking about yet. <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> well, because we, um, I mean, this was early on in our ice fishing career, and, and and I we needed a shack, so we would go on this annual fishing trip, and mm-hmm. really when we started out, we'd borrow stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, yeah, we'd you, borrow everything. We'd be like, oh, somebody had a shack. Could I borrow that for the weekend? And so finally one year, um, gosh, in the 90s, I was working, and my work had a kind of like... It makes old, Jeff, in the 90s. Yeah, in the 90s. The 1900s. My, the 1900s, last century. <laughs> my my work had like a little own board, you know, because the internet was pretty new back then. So at work, we had like a kind of a Facebook Craigslist kind of thing just inside of work, you know, kind of a for company employees. And so I found somebody that was selling a suitcase-style hub, a shack, yes. right? Yes. It was um, six by eight, pretty good size, right? Two pl- plywood bottom, right? Two, a lot of cards in that shack. Yeah, two two plywood. Um, had a 
coal in each corner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the top was canvas and then it had basically it's what is that like that electrical pipe mm-hmm. right i mean yeah, it's like basically that, yeah it's a conduit but that's what it conduit is. Yeah. yeah so some kind of metal pipe and so um it was pretty good size so it was six by eight and so i bought it i don't remember what i paid for it i'm sure i paid somewhere between one and two hundred dollars for it right which back then was it's like I mean, 10 grand me, a day yeah exactly <laughs> It probably is the way it is now, but so I remember I, I met, I met this guy um, and I worked for a big company. So it wasn't like we knew each other at a, a Lunds or Byerly's in town. Like he's like, I live by here. Let's meet in the parking lot. I mean, this was really before Craigslist or any of those things existed. We're, we're still like thinking almost like classified ads in the newspaper, but just above that. Right. Yeah. Barely. Barely, if anybody remembers what classified ads in the newspaper is. And so I met him in this parking lot and he brings this this shack, right? And it's big. I mean, it's it's six by eight, so it folds in half. So it's four by six, right? When it folds in half. Pretty big deal, right? Um, I had a ranger at the time, so it fit in the back of the tiny little bed. Uh, but so we're in the parking lot setting it up, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. the advice, set it up. Yeah. yeah so, so we're setting it up in the parking lot because you're like, oh, the poles there. Because it basically had like two hoops on the end and then two poles that went down the middle to support it. And so we set it up in the parking lot and it had been mouse chewed. But, mm-hmm. um, but it was like canvas, not like a lot of the new shacks. It was truly canvas, right? Like most of the shacks you see today, it's not canvas. It's like some kind of plastic whatever i mean it's high durable it's near this but it's it's plastic right but this was like probably more of a cotton based i would sure. guess you know kind of yeah thing. yeah it was yeah and it the the heating source it came with a heating source um which was a small <laughs> stove mm-hmm. like i don't even know what it was it, it was small, hooked up to propane. Sort of propane stove yeah but it had a stack remember there was a hole yeah, on the it was side a vented, of the shack a vented yes. uh, yeah heater and so um, that's what came with it. And I'm like, look at this deal. I got the heater with it and everything. So um, so we fixed it up. So I, I went and bought jean iron-on patches. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I patched all the holes, right? Yep. And because that's, I mean, it was a few, you know, pretty cheap. And we patched up those holes and it worked great. And the zippers were good. And we also customized it. Um, so it was two sheets of plywood and there was like a one by border around it right that the canvas snapped yeah, like to. a one by two almost yeah one by two mm-hmm. well it was in the middle too right mm-hmm. which was really annoying when you're fishing because there's like this big bump in the middle but it created a box and a hinge it, it was did. hinged there yes so i built a custom hinge and took out those boards remember there's metal I do. bars that would kind of fold it was a terrible system but it got the job done and so we we customized this thing up and we are up um one of our earliest ice fishing adventures um, on a lake way up north, right? And we're out there. First time we have this out. So we've got this heater with a smokestack, right? Remember this thing? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. And we bring out the propane and we've never used this. We didn't test the no, heater out. No, why would you test No it? testing. No, no. <laughs> so, the guy said so it worked we, last time he used it. Yeah, it worked last time he used it. So, <laughs> so we've got our stack going out the side of our canvas six by eight shack with this heater and I don't know how to describe it. I don't have a picture of it, but it's, it's like got four legs. It's all made of tin and it's got a burner in it. And then a cord that hooks up to a 20 pound propane. It's basically a grill burner inside of a metal box with a 
vent on it. So he so, did the air and he did the box and he did the shack. That was the theory. Yeah. Yep. So so we we hook it up and we go to light it. Uh I mean flames everywhere. <laughs> Remember, I, th- yeah, I got a little, I, a little difficult there. For I me. mean, we were like, shut it off, shut it off. It never actually worked. Um, we never used it again. It was one and done. But um, there was flames inside that shack, and it was bad. But we didn't flames in canvas in a small enclosed area. Thankfully, that was back before you could even grow a semblance of facial hair, so you didn't burn. <laughs> Hair off your face. <laughs> oh gosh. So so I would not recommend a heater like that. Go get yourself a buddy heater or something way safer. Something than that, with a so. safety device, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but but that was one of the first shacks we had, and, and I mean we used that for a good yeah. five years. We played cards, we'd sit in there play all night, we'd have four guys playing cards, fishing all night long. It was an awesome shack, and you know. It, we had a good time in there, and eventually, you know, it, it we got a little more technical. People got flip over shacks, and uh, you know, I remember we used to like connect them. Do you remember connecting them? Oh Jim? yeah, we throw we throw blankets over and connect two two shacks together to have a little more real estate. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's that's the thing. It's like you're you're, you know, that that first anything you, you always remember. Yep. Um, so, and and you always remember that one, and and it served its purpose. And I'm sure we have a picture somewhere. I will look in the hard water fishing invitational official book, and I'm sure I have a picture of it. So, very cool. All right. Well, that's a that great was a legend. story. That's a. I'm I'm sitting here just smiling about <laughs> some of those memories of that ice shack because we certainly we certainly told a lot of stories in those days in that ice shack. That was back before the internet, and. It, uh, it, a northern we, swam from one end of that ice shack yeah, to the other. We, that was a legend the we told one time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right. Good times. I, good times. Cool. Well, Jay, we've we've we're getting close to the minute twenty here. An hour <laughs> That's twenty. That's right. It's our show. We can do what we want. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think we should probably wrap it up. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening again. We appreciate it. Tight lines. Cheers. You've been listening to the Hard Water Fishing Show with Jeff and Jason. Say goodbye. One of the most unique podcasts on the planet where we talk about tactics, gear, and ice fishing legends. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye. Till then, signing off. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.